Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Cluster B personality disorders are characterized by dramatic, overly emotional, and unpredictable thoughts and behavior. From Ars Longa Media, this is Cluster B, scientifically informed, expert insights into the four Cluster B personality types, antisocial, borderline, narcissistic, and histrionic personality disorder. Here's today's host, Dr. Todd Grande. This is Dr. Grande. In today's video, I'm going to answer a question from a subscriber. And this question was inspired from another video I did. And that video was, what is the core of narcissism? And this question is, what is the core of borderline personality disorder? So by core, I mean, what's the most basic central concept that we can link to borderline personality disorder? If we only had one term to use to try to capture the essence of that disorder, what would that term be? Now, to help answer this question, I'll be using an article published in 2010 by Miras and colleagues. And in this article, they really try to answer this question. Now, it's first important to understand what the symptom criteria are for borderline personality disorder, because a lot of the conceptualizations about what's at the core of that disorder come from our understanding from the symptom criteria. So the symptom criteria we see for borderline personality disorder, we have frantic efforts to avoid abandonment. We see unstable relationships. It's this unstable relationship pattern where there's idealization and devaluation. So sometimes this is called the love-hate cycle. We see identity disturbance. So somebody with borderline personality disorder could have a poor sense of self. They don't really have necessarily a clear identity. We also see impulsivity in at least two areas that could be self-damaging. Suicidal behavior, threats, gestures. We also see affective instability. This is also known as emotional dysregulation. We see a chronic feeling of emptiness, inappropriate, intense anger. And the last symptom criterion is paranoid ideation or severe dissociation. So those are the nine symptom criteria we see with borderline personality disorder. Somebody doesn't need to have all nine to have the disorder. They can just meet five. And of course, a diagnosis of that disorder can only come from a licensed and qualified clinician. Now, this article is really interesting. They went about trying to identify the core of borderline personality disorder, and I thought a pretty interesting way. They looked at the definition of personality disorder in general, and it's an enduring pattern of inner experience. That's part of the definition. So what they looked at here is what component of borderline personality disorder is enduring? 
if one of the components is enduring and the other components are not, maybe that enduring aspect is at the core of the disorder. So in order to see if there was an enduring aspect, they first had to divide the disorder into factors. So these are building blocks, elements of a disorder. And there are many, many models out there about the factors of borderline personality disorder. You have models that divide it into all these different factors. They used a model that divided borderline personality disorder into three factors. So the first factor is identity self-disturbance. So this includes conceptually symptoms like identity disturbance from the symptom criteria and that chronic feeling of emptiness. The next factor is affective dysregulation. So this would be affective instability, that emotional dysregulation component I talk about. And the last factor is impulsivity. So this would include, of course, the impulsivity symptom criterion and also probably the suicidal behavior symptom criterion. So with these three factors in mind, they wanted to see if given treatment, if individuals with borderline personality disorder would improve with some of these factors and not improve in others. Again, looking for this evidence that maybe one or more of these factors was enduring. So what they found here is over a period of a year that individuals tended to improve, individuals with borderline personality disorder tended to improve in the area of affective dysregulation, they call affect dysregulation. They tended to improve in impulsivity. And these improvements for these two factors were significant, but they did not improve for that first factor, identity self-disturbance. So this is the factor that seems to be at the core of borderline personality disorder. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, it gets a little more confusing, though, because if you look at the symptom criteria, of course, you're going to tie it to that identity disturbance symptom criterion, that unstable sense of self. The difficulty here is that identity is not the same thing as self. So really, the symptom criterion might be tapping into the core of borderline personality disorder, but it's not a good symptom criterion. It's not broken down in a way that really appreciates that important difference between identity and self. So what is that difference? Well, with identity, this is a public reality. This is somebody's career, family, religion, social groups. It's who you are in relation to other people. So it's an outward-facing construct. Now, self is an inner-facing construct. It's private experience, sensations, memories, feelings, images. These things make you unique. A lot of people can share your career. A lot of people can be in the same social groups, but those sensations, memories, feelings, and images are uniquely yours. Now, of course, with somebody who doesn't have borderline personality disorder, in theory, the identity and the self are going to go together in a way where they help each other, where they're consistent, where they're congruent. They work together to help you meet your goals. With borderline personality disorder, 
the identity and the self don't match. They don't work well together. That's really the core of that symptom criterion, identity disturbance, and again, maybe the core of borderline personality disorder altogether. It might be really at the essence of this disorder. Now, another interesting thing here is they looked at earlier research and they found that you can take this identity self-disturbance factor and break it down even further into role absorption, painful incoherence, inconsistency, and lack of commitment. And what they found here is that in terms of predicting borderline personality disorder, only that painful incoherence part of that factor, identity self-disturbance, only that painful incoherence really predicted borderline personality disorder. That's the only one that had a strong relationship with the disorder. And with painful incoherence, we see a feeling of emptiness. We see this idea that someone's existence could come to an end if they lose a close relationship. And we also see a fragmentation of self, which sounds a lot like dissociation, which of course is part of the ninth symptom criterion, paranoid ideation or severe dissociation. So it seems like we're not just looking at the identity disturbance symptom criterion, we're also looking at that chronic feeling of emptiness, of course that loads on that same factor, but also the dissociation component. I find this particularly interesting because if you look at the literature and you look at the controversy around the definition of borderline personality disorder, a lot of times we see researchers targeting that ninth symptom criterion, specifically the dissociation, not so much the paranoid ideation. And I say targeting, meaning they're conducting research and they're looking at that criterion and they're saying it doesn't really add up with the rest of it. It doesn't really match. It shouldn't be there. I think one of the reasons we've seen this is because dissociative identity disorder kind of wanders into the territory of borderline personality disorder conceptually a lot of times because of that dissociative component of borderline personality disorder. It makes those two disorders difficult to separate. It's interesting that this is occurring when it does actually look like dissociation is a key part of borderline personality disorder. It might be part of the core of the disorder. So it's just an interesting look, I think, at borderline personality disorder and what could be at the core. Now, of course, I've heard all different explanations and all different theories about what could be at the core of borderline personality disorder. This is just one. And if I look at this, this actually does make a lot of sense based on my experience working with individuals who have borderline personality disorder. I've heard other arguments that the anger component is at the core. And I understand these arguments, but I think anger is one of those symptoms that we can see very easily. A lot of people could easily observe that with an individual who has borderline personality disorder. So I think that gets thought of as a core feature when it's really, I think, an important symptom, but I don't think it really speaks to the core of the disorder. I've also heard that the frantic efforts to avoid abandonment that's a core feature. I think one of the reasons that we see this argument is because it's the first symptom criterion. And a lot of times when we look at a disorder, the first symptom criterion, we do think of that as the most important of all the symptom criteria, even though that's not necessarily the case. Now, I've also seen a pretty good argument made for the unstable relationship pattern, but that's really the core of borderline personality disorder. But if you think about it, this really relates to the identity disturbance a bit. 
if someone doesn't have a strong sense of self, if they have a fragmented sense of self, it would make sense that they have unstable relationships. So that unstable relationship pattern could be at the core, but I really think it's more related to the identity disturbance. I think that comes first, then we see the unstable relationship pattern. But again, this is just one paper. And even though I happen to agree with the finding, there are a lot of different opinions about what's at the core of borderline personality disorder. For more content like this, check out Healthy Toxic, another podcast from Ars Longa Media, all about what makes or breaks relationships, including issues related to narcissism, narcissistic abuse, and how personality disorders affect relationships. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Learn more at ArsLonga.media. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who've overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave.